You are listening to Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets with Naomi Rose, the food business talk show that shares with you the reality of what's happening in the food and hospitality industry. I am on a mission to help as many people as possible grow and build successful food businesses. Each week on this podcast, you'll get useful information, top tips, as well as what's really happening in the kitchen behind the scenes. Let's get on to today's show. Hello lovely people and welcome to the very first podcast episode of Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets. I have been very excited about doing a podcast for quite some time and when I started Baking Boss it was absolutely 100% on my list to have a podcast because I wanted to share lots of useful tips and information on what really happens behind the scenes in the food and hospitality industry and here I am finally doing it. So Let's get straight into the very first episode. And today I wanted to talk about how to quit your job and start your own business if that is something you're thinking about doing. Tell you a little bit about my cafe, bar and bakery, Elsie Mays. And I actually started by opening the cafe and bar back in 2018. It's where we started and I started it because I absolutely loved to bake. It was something that had been in my blood for a very long time and the whole premise behind the particularly behind the cafe was to have somewhere where we made all our own cakes bakes everything like that had good quality coffee really nice teas that were locally sourced all of our produce needed to be supporting local as well as sort of thinking about the environment and the environmental impact so making sure that we're using suppliers that really thought about the environment as well And I wanted to create an atmosphere that was warm, welcoming, relaxing, where you could hang out with friends, come and read a book, bring your dog. That was sort of the idea and the vision I'd had for the business. And it was, I suppose, almost two businesses in one because we had the cafe and then the bar. And the cafe was definitely, you know, really sort of that cafe culture that we wanted to bring. We didn't want it to be trendy or hipster that wasn't really what it was about it was much more about the just be enjoy classic good quality food good quality bakes not necessarily fancy pants we weren't a fancy pants place but it was definitely about kind of food that had flavor and it was really tasty and an enjoyable place to be in the bar was originally set up really to support the cafe in a way it was kind of like the the money maker of the business. It was where we're going to add a bit of profit into the business along the side of the cafe because the cafe was where my passion was. And we'd originally set up the bar as a gin and wine bar that would be open a couple of nights a week. And again, it still had that similar come and enjoy some nice drink in a friendly and relaxing atmosphere. And then I also had envisioned that we'd have live music and events later on down the line. Um, But what we realised very quickly into the business that every third or fourth group that came into the business wanted a cocktail and we hadn't got cocktails on offer in the business because lots of places around my town did cocktails and we thought would be something different. Turns out that didn't work. Everybody wanted a cocktail. So within about three months, we had then employed a cocktail bar manager and we had opened up to cocktails, which was absolutely the best decision to do because, again, following the same premise of what we've done with the cafe we wanted to create them all from scratch there are our recipes 
They were something we were really proud of and we took time and a lot of care into making them. And that's exactly what we brought into the bar. So I had kind of two businesses in one at that point because the bar and the cafe were quite different. In fact, even though they were sharing the same space, if you like, on an evening, we actually had to change around the whole layout behind our counter to make sure that the bar fit in correctly. And it was operational at speed because cocktails actually take quite a bit of time to make and we wanted to make service as fast as possible. The other thing that I wanted to add into the cafe and bar particularly was live music because my background is actually in music itself and I'm a classically trained cellist and I still play today but I was always really keen to make sure that music was part of my business and that entertainment and the arts was included in it so I made sure that in my event planning I brought in loads of new artists different kinds of events and actually really added another element to my business that people would enjoy and that I would enjoy doing as well and that was certainly really good decision because so many people enjoyed the events sometimes they weren't necessarily there to make money sometimes they were just about bringing people into the venue enjoying and having a great time and actually just building the reputation but the whole premise of events was to add another element to my business that would really strengthen its brand I'd also always had this dream of having my own bakery. It was something that I'd also thought about for a very long time. And when we opened the cafe and bar, it was very much about cakes, those kind of bakes, not about bread, because even though I love baking bread at home, it was a whole different scale to do it as a bakery on a professional level. And it was something that was one too many things to do in that initial opening. So we get kept focused on making the cakes, everything else pretty much from home. And I found a local baker that would supply us with the bread that we wanted. So having started the business in 2018, we had 15 months of running into it, literally just getting used to learning how everything worked before we went into the global pandemic. So it was really a bit of a roller coaster of a ride. And during that lockdown, I got back into bread baking again because it sort of got sidelined while I was doing everything else. And we'd also been having, during the, the 15 months we were open before lockdown, we'd had a, numerous problems with our bakery supplier where bread was just not turning up on time. It was notoriously late turning up at lunchtime, causing us all kinds of problems. And our local town, didn't have an artisan bakery it didn't have anywhere that sold sourdough and I wasn't really a sourdough baker I was definitely you know it took me a bit of learning to get used to sourdough but I knew there was an opportunity there that I thought the local town would really love and I absolutely love to bake so when we came out of lockdown 1.0 when we went back into the um, hokey cokey of open clothes that the hospitality industry had to perform through covid i decided that we were going to make all our own bread for the cafe and we had the capacity to do it on that sort of small scale just for our own supply but if i wanted to do that at a bakery micro bakery level then it would need a whole other unit basically to do that and we had actually got a spare room out the back of our current site and i ended up going down the route of crowdfunding so I crowdfunded the bakery 
as I thought it would be a good way to see if the town actually wanted it. And they did. So we opened the bakery in 2022 and three months later we actually won Britain's Best Loaf Award because I entered the team into Britain's Best Loaf without telling them and begged for forgiveness afterwards, which was a good job I did because they won and I truly believe that they could win. So you can see from quite early on, way before I actually got into seriously thinking about running um, the business, that I had a very clear vision of what my dream business would look like. And even though there was lots of technical ins and outs and business planning and all of those kind of bits that would actually get me from that kind of idea, that dream to actually doing something practically, having that clear vision really sort of set me in the right direction for getting this business off the ground. So long before I'd opened the cafe, the bar and the bakery, I had a really clear vision of what the business would look like. It had been something that had not necessarily been practically put into context, but it was something that I'd really been thinking about for a very long time of my kind of dream business and what I wanted to create. And when I eventually came round to quitting my nine to five job and actually going for it and opening my own business, I had really solidified what that offering was going to be. Okay, so I said this podcast was going to be full of useful advice and tips. So I am going to tell you now what my five top tips are. If you are thinking about quitting your business and starting your own food dream, following your passion or what that might be. Or even if you're already in it, you know, please share with me your stories at Naomi Rose Baking Boss. I'd love to hear your stories of how you ended up starting your own business. But here are my five things of what you can do if you're looking to start your own food business. Okay, number one, write down what your dream business looks like and what your dream life looks like. You've got to remember that in business, and certainly one thing I learned very quickly, is when you run your own business, it tends to take over your life a little bit. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of business owners out there that will say the same thing. And it's great if you're really passionate about what you do. And if you're in business, that's absolutely what you should be doing is something you're passionate about, because it'll make your job so much easier and you'll love doing it. But You've got to be clear on what your dream business and your dream life looks like, because unless you know really what that is, it'd be very difficult to plan for how your business is going to look to a customer. How are you going to sell your products? You really need to get clear on that vision, what you're aiming to do with that vision so that you can really turn your dream into a reality. The other thing to think about in when you're planning your dream business and what your dream life looks like is what does success look like for you? You really need to think about and it's certainly something I spent a long time doing was thinking about you've really I know I've really made it when I've done this or I've really think I've really achieved in my business when I've done this. You've got to think about what those sorts of key success points might be for you. It might be winning awards it might be just being able to turn up to work and do what you love doing every day but really get clear on those goals because then you can start to really put the plans in place to make sure they happen okay tip number two which leads directly on from tip number one is 
get clear on your goals. So what are your business goals? Now, just to give you a bit of an insight, I am going to give you the first ones I actually wrote for Elsie Mays. So my goals were to operate a successful cafe bar with a respected reputation and excellent reviews on websites such as Google, TripAdvisor and Yelp. I don't know if Yelp's still a thing, by the way, but that was certainly what I did at the time. To obtain a good regular customer base in the first year of operation with a strong pipeline of group bookings, because I had really thought about the kind of customers that I'd want in and also knew that group bookings would also bring in a bit more income. So despite me wanting to create a business with a great atmosphere where people can come out and hang out, chill, bring their dogs. I also had to be very much business focused. This was about bringing in income because without income, you can't make profit and without profit, you can't grow your business. And that was definitely where I'd really thought about what I wanted to do. Achieve a turnover of 200,000 in the first year and 300,000 in the second and third years with a steady growth in net profit year and year. So again, I'd put some financial targets in there because, like I said, I was running a business. This was about growing and improving. And that's something you've really got to think about when you are planning your business and leaving your job. Gain a total of a thousand social media followers across Twitter, Facebook and Instagram in the first year, as well as 300 email subscribers and then achieve a 50 percent growth year on year on all channels in years two and three. So I, again, knew that from my back, I have a background in digital social media PR um, and also brand and comms. So from my experience from that, I knew that I had to really make sure I was getting my business out there to connect with people and to be able to really show what I could sell and a new digital was going to be a really important part of that building relationships with people that had never been to us before so again I put some really clear targets in to make sure that I could grow my business in the right way to make sure that I could achieve what I wanted to tip number three for you have a plan Now, it's all being well setting a load of goals and putting a load of figures onto a piece of paper. And when you're starting up a business, there will be a certain degree of guesswork because you're not going to know exactly what can be achieved until you've actually started doing the job itself and actually finding out what customers think. And then you can adjust from there. And analysing is definitely a big part of all of that. But When you set goals, you need to have a plan of how you're going to achieve them. And I did a pretty thorough business plan to begin with when I started up Elsie Mays. But you certainly don't need to do anything extreme. And business plans have become this slight thing where you kind of put together a plan and then it sits on a shelf somewhere and it gets dusty and then you redo it three years later. That's absolutely not what you should do. Even if you do a one page plan that has a few step by steps on how you're going to achieve those goals that you put in place for yourself, that is all you really need to get your business up and running. But you need to have those that plan in place so you know where you're sort of heading and how you're going to get there. Is everything going to happen in the way you expect? Absolutely not. I, you know, when I started up Elsie Mays, I had never 
renovated a business building before and I had literally everything to do there was there was literally I I walked in with just myself and my knowledge and my laptop I had to bring in equipment staff decor you know all everything every part of business that you could possibly need I needed to do all of that so I had to really put that plan in place of what I needed to do even if I didn't know how to do it I needed to put a plan in place of how I was going to learn how to do it. So it could be that I knew I needed to talk to people or I knew I needed to find out a bit more information about X, Y and Z. And, you know, to some extent, you just need to get some stuff down on paper so you can actually start running with your business. Not everything is going to be perfect. You are going to make lots of mistakes. But if you've got a framework to work to, you are setting yourself up for success from the start because you're going to have to learn to adapt in business. That's just the way it goes. And certainly for those of you that listen that have obviously been running businesses through a global pandemic, adapting and being fleet of foot and agile have been skills that we've had to use to the best of our advantage throughout that whole entire time. But having a plan, having a structure, having even if it's just some basic step by steps, I need to do this to get X in place that will really help. I'm a bit of a fan of a spreadsheet. And although I did have a a document that was my business plan, I also had a step by step spreadsheet that had everything I needed to do from getting me basically walking in the door to actually opening the cafe and bar doors at the end of that project. And even though there may not have been all the information I needed on each step, I had a step. I had a plan. There was a timeline attached to it that got me from A to Z on how I was going to get there and roughly within a time frame. So that kept me focused on how I was going to achieve those goals. And the other thing to think about is if you are going to be quitting your job and moving into your business you really want that plan in place you really need to plan how you're going to make that transition because you need to think about you know your financials and all of those kind of things so having a structure having something to hold on to that you can kind of look at and monitor and look at how you can move forward is going to be really really important tip number four is get to know your numbers So you as a business owner, you are going to really have to understand the financials of your business. And I'll be the first one to hold up my hands and say it is really not my area of expertise. Even though I have an understanding of all the finances, it is certainly not where my strength and my knowledge lies. So if you are very similar to that, you have to make sure you've got someone in your place, in your business, whether that be an advisor, a your accountant and I always advise getting an accountant because certainly if you are going to be VAT registered it's something you will definitely need but get someone who can help you with that or make sure you get yourself trained up and familiar with how you can manage those numbers because at the end of the day if your business isn't financially viable you're not going to be able to survive and that is why it's really important to be clear on what you want your business to earn and the financials behind your business so you can move forward with achieving that dream life your dream job your dream vision all of those things that I talked about in the top tip number one if you don't know what your financials are 
and what they look like and how you're going to manage those, you're not going to be able to achieve any of those other things that you've already set out to achieve. So really think about what your budgets are going to be, how much things are going to cost. And also in the midst of all of that is think about how much you want to earn from this because you are the business owner at the end of the day and you need to take a salary of some sort and you need to actually have enough money to live. So have a bit of a think about what that might look like for you and what you want to achieve financially from the business and how you are going to manage the cash flow of the business. And this will be a podcast episode I get on into into the future. But certainly in the hospitality and food industries, you are going to have to probably pay out for stuff before you've actually earned the money to pay for it. So really think about when you are crunching those numbers to begin with before you've even started your business of how much you are going to need in your bank account to be able to provide all of the supplies you need to be able to make whatever it is you're going to make and bake. Okay, tip number five, and this is my final tip for this podcast, is think about how you are going to get downtime. This was something anyone who is closely related to me, good friends with me will know I never, ever got right. (laughs) It was something, I mean, I love to work, so I'm a workaholic, so I'm not the best example of this, but... I was notoriously good at working all the hours possible and not actually having any time for myself and being able to recuperate and rest. So it is something that we often forget when we run our own business. We get so caught up in the moment that we actually forget what we need and what our wants are. And it's okay to say no to people. You've got to remember that this is your business, nobody else's. And I am a bit of a people pleaser, so I tend to say yes rather than no. But at the end of the day, you have got to put yourself first in your business. So before you even go out and, you know, throw in your nine to five job, think about what that balance looks like for you. How are you going to get time off and when are you going to take it? Because you are going to need it. And when you're certainly in the beginning of starting your first business, from my experience, it was definitely very, very tiring. Tiring. It was mentally and physically strenuous. And particularly going from a nine to five office job to being on your feet all day, you need a huge amount of stamina. So I learned very quickly that I couldn't keep up at the pace I needed to. And ultimately, it basically, I think after the first month of being open in December, having opened the business I opened the business in three months and I was actually still working full-time while I was doing the build on Elsie's so while we're doing the build I think I stopped working on the 8th of November we opened on the 4th of December so we had a three-month build which was insane given how much work needed to be done so we had a very tight time frame while I was working full-time and then opened in December in the busiest month of the year So I hadn't really planned then, once I'd done the build, how I was then going to keep up for the rest of the month. And by the end of the month, I had to take two days off. I planned to stay open between Christmas and New Year. And I had to actually close the business for a couple of days to rest and recuperate because I hadn't planned for how I was actually going to get downtime and take time off. So really think about realistically what you are going to need and how that is going to fit into your business life because 
trying to get balance as a business owner most I would say from certainly from my perspective a lot of business owners haven't quite always nailed that balance so if you do that at the start of your business you're going to set yourself up for absolute success so just a quick recap of my five top tips of what you need to do to quit your job and start your own business so Number one, really plan what your dream business, your dream life looks like. Number two, make sure you get your goals in place and be clear on what those keys to success are. Number three, get a plan. Put together a piece of, you know, on the back of a piece of paper, write it down, whatever it might be, but have a plan. Number four, get on top of those finances, know your numbers, make sure that you are going to be set up for success financially. And then tip number five, make sure you think about how you are going to get some downtime in your business because you are going to need rest and recuperation. And that is the end of my first ever episode. I had such a great time on today's podcast, but I would really love to know what all you lovely people thought of it. So Drop me a DM. You can find me at Naomi Rose Baking Boss on all social channels or even ping me an email naomi at bakingboss.net because I want to make sure these podcasts are useful for you as I enjoy making them. So I really appreciate any of the feedback. So I'm supposed to tell you to subscribe and follow to Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please do go give me a five star rating because ratings will really help get this podcast out to other people that would find it useful and interesting. I've had a great time on today's show. I've hoped you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And I will look forward to seeing you on the next episode. So have a great week, everybody, and happy baking. Thank you for listening to Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets with Naomi Rose. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please do give it a review. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. If you want to get some useful resources, then do visit my website, bakingboss.net. And give me a follow on social media at Naomi Rose Baking Boss and I am Baking Boss. We'll see you on the next episode.